Next, we have Professor Linda Hogan, Vice Provost and Chief Academic Officer at Trinity College Dublin, speaking on the future. So, uh, Mr. President, uh, President of the uh, Royal Irish Academy and colleagues, um, I suppose not only in Ireland, but in other parts of the Western world as well, we see this growing skepticism about the value and worth of third level education. That's because of the rising costs of education, increasing levels of student debt, a stagnant jobs market, the tardiness of universities to channel the opportunities of the digital age, etc. And they give rise to concerns about third level education and its value in a rapidly changing world. And as I reflect on this presentation, I think that um, I've come to the conclusion that we really do need to think about the context in which our students are going to be functioning. We need to understand it, we need to theorize it, and we need to think about the educational experience we provide for our students and the academic environment we provide for staff as well in this rapidly changing world. I've been reading recently the very rhetorical but actually quite interesting book by Al Gore called The Future. And he talks about the future and looking at the next 20 to 30 years. And he says there are a number of key factors about that world. We have, as we know, the emergence of a deeply interconnected global economy that operates with a very different relationship with capital, labor, markets, government. Uh, we see a very significant change in the emergence of a planet-wide electronic communication system, big data, intelligent devices. We, we have to reckon with that. We see that there's a changing balance in political power that's moving from west to east. We very definitely see that we're living in an environment where there is rapid and probably unsustainable growth in population, and also in resource consumption. And one of the things that the universities are very involved in, we see the emergence of new sets of powerful biological, biochemical, genetic, and material science technologies that are really challenging us to rethink the nature and design of matter. But ultimately, we are seeing that there's a new and emerging relationship uh, a, a different relationship between the aggregate power of human civilization and the Earth's ecological system. And all of these actually have to be reckoned with by the universities. I think these developments, when we look to a 20 and 30 year horizon, suggest that we are on the threshold of a future that will be qualitatively different from the present. This is the context that is, as we know, already shaping our research agendas. Most of our um, most successful researchers are reckoning with and engaging with this agenda. It's also, importantly, the context for which we are educating our students. And so I suggest that it is the horizon we must have in view when we reflect on the nature and purpose of higher education, and particularly when we, considered what when we consider what values should guide our research and teaching, and which values should be embedded in and reflected in our institutional contexts. So we speak about the imperative we feel to 
address the grand challenges of our day about educating citizens who are both proficient in their uh, chosen disciplines and adaptable and flexible in their skills. We also talk about leading a public conversation about the values on which our societies ought to be grounded and about developing the great ideas that will move our societies forward. And these, I think, are actually the noble goals of higher education. So implicit in the articulation of the mission of the university, I think there is and there ought to be a strong ethical subtext about responsible research, about empowering students, and about promoting the public good. Now this ethical subtext has, I think, many dimensions. But in terms of the values that I think are essential for the, to the academic enterprise, and around which the university's mission ought to be structured are, I think, at least five pillars. Um, Roger has already mentioned a number of them. There's, of course, integrity, honesty, reliability, impartiality in the creation and the dissemination of our knowledge. And this goes not only for our research, I suggest, but also for our teaching, for the curricula we construct and for the way in which we engage with our students and impart the knowledge uh, and, um, uh, and learning. It's uh, secondly linked obviously to academic excellence, which I think again must be linked to the independent evaluation of our work by our peers. And as we know, academic excellence is intimately connected with integrity because the credibility of all our academic work depends on our having confidence that it's been devised and conducted according to these principles. A third pillar that I think is absolutely crucial and really frames the discussion about academic freedom is this idea of diversity and pluralism in our institutions. This is as the president has said in, in his speech to um, the NUI, absolutely essential to the free flow of ideas in the university. But it's also essential to the robustness of our ideas, practices, and the products we produce. Uh, universities need to be the testing ground for these ideas, as well as the incubators for ideas. And in a way, the strength of our academic work depends on the pluralism, the plurality of points of view, and the diversity that is evident in and promoted in our institutions. The fourth uh, pillar that I think is really crucial for what we do in terms of teaching and research is something that might be called social equity. Um, our institutions have become much better at ensuring that there is a, a, a commitment to equality of access and participation. But we have a very long way to go. And Ireland really has seen the transformational impact of um, access to third level education for those who can benefit from it over the last 70 years. But I think, again, there's a step change that needs to happen in terms of access and participation uh, that is really based on the idea that 
all those who can benefit from third-level education ought to be able to uh, partake of it. But I think social equity also comes into play in terms of what might be called the just distribution of the benefits of research because a tremendous amount of public and private money is invested in the research that we pursue. Uh, and very often those who are uh, the subjects of that research uh, very rarely are likely to see the benefits that accrue from that research. And so I think as we devise research programs and participate in, especially as we participate in these grand research projects that cross um, uh, national boundaries, we really do have to be attuned to this point that we, as academic institutions, we need to be committed to the just distribution of the benefits of research and not just be the beneficiaries of that research ourselves. And then the final point, uh, uh, the final pillar, I think, uh, on which uh, values in education need to be, needs to be built is this idea of reflexivity. I think um, academics are very good at um, creating a compelling account of what they do. Um, and I think we need to constantly revisit our intentions, our motivations, and our practices so as to guard against self-deception or self-censorship. Indeed, what Roger spoke about, this self-imposed lack of autonomy that sometimes we, um, is evident in our institutions and practices. And I, I do believe that we need this constant interrogation of, of what we do in order to guard against that self-censorship uh, or self-deception. In fact, these values are long recognized as essential to the academic enterprise. And I, I suppose the point I want to make is that they remain as relevant as ever, even if the context in which they're practiced have changed and are changing rapidly. <laughs> Just want to say a word now about this whole question of autonomy and accountability. Particularly when the academic enterprise is pursued in a publicly funded environment or part publicly funded environment, it is, a legitim leg it is legitimate that the objectives, conduct, and outputs of our research and teaching is a matter of social concern. There's no doubt about it, much of the research we do has an impact on some of the most fundamental aspects of human life, including the prospects for future generations. And the level of economic investment in scientific and other research globally does mean that accountability for its responsible use and the just distribution of the benefits is a matter of legitimate social interest. So I do think that society has a collective interest in our research and teaching and does have an important role in being part of a conversation through which the nature and scope of what we do is shaped. Society's interest, though, is legitimately the common good or the public good. And I think that this is the context in which our discussions about autonomy need to be framed. And I worry that autonomy is the primary or sole prism through which 
these discussions are held, especially in the Irish context. So I do think that one of the biggest challenges is that we try to ensure that our academic work is pursued in an environment that balances innovation and progress and academic freedom with social accountability and equity. But it is a big challenge, and I think uh, it is a very big challenge for the universities themselves. One final comment about um, the institutional context. Um, I spoke about you know, the centrality of the values of integrity, excellence, diversity, social equity, and reflexivity in terms of our teaching and research and engagement. But in a way, if our institutions seek to promote these values, our institutions also need to embed these values in their culture and practices and governance. Um, and I do think that at the center of every university, there should be and must be a discursive space where academics and students debate and deliberate on these critical issues. Uh, and where we do promote dialectical and candid conversations between genuinely different points of view. I see the universities as really aiming and hoping to educate ethical leaders who will in 20, 30 years time be shaping the environment in which they, in which their future generations are going to be functioning. And um, it's really this context in which I think we have to show leadership about the values that guide our teaching and our research, and as well the values that we seek to promote in the culture uh, through which we interact with each other. Thank you very much.